All right, please everybody join me in chanting the Metta Sutta. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm, and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety. May all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another, even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child. So with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths outwards and unbounded, free from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness. One should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding by not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. All right. Hello everybody, welcome to the Armadale Hangout group. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I don't know if you call it the same in, the, in English, but uh, in uh, the Netherlands we have this uh, term called hang youth. 
and that's like uh, the youth will hang out on the squares and in in dodgy alleys and you know hanging out on the streets together but we hang out together as well we're also a hangout group but uh, we hang out in a much more uh, beautiful way because we decide to do some meditation together and not hanging out on the streets doing dodgy stuff and it's really beautiful to come together to meditate and it's also beautiful to chant the metta sutta together as we just did and one particular phrase of the metta sutta just drew my attention it's uh, not being demanding in nature and that is uh, a very beautiful thing to reflect upon especially uh, with regards to our meditation because often when we meditate we might set certain goals or standards that we want to live up to or achieve we might demand something from our mind like we, we sit down and we sort of expect or demand that the mind gets peaceful or happy or that something happens something interesting <laughs> that meditation isn't just boring or whatever no something has to always happen that's often how we feel like and i decided to talk about that topic a bit today because living in a monastery people try not to be demanding try not to be demanding on the food that we get every day we just accept what we are given and and just uh, not be demanding of the clothes we are wearing earlier i was joking with venerable that i've got a hole here actually in my robe with i need to that i need to fix i don't know if you can see but i was joking i'll put the microphone through the hole <laughs> but uh, i'm not demanding of my robes because as you can tell they are very uh, worn down but sometimes although we try to live a non-demanding life externally sometimes you talk to monks and it's sometimes i get this feeling that they are still demanding of themselves in their meditation and so can i be sometimes but sometimes you speak to people in the monastery not just monks but people in general and they might say something like ah when ajahn brahm meditates he gets all the peace in the world and people expect that they are gonna do the exact same thing and if they feel sometimes people feel bad about themselves or worse sometimes they say ah oh, when Arjun Pram he so, easy, so easily lets go of things I could never be like that that kind of speech you hear very often but then people sometimes seem like they almost give up trying because ah, I cannot be like that so why would I even try that is like demanding in another way you're not demanding in a way you're demanding so much of yourself that you're not even trying but my advice general advice for you today for your meditation is 
Don't try to be something you are not. Don't try to live up to some sort of standard, whether that be uh, some other person that you try to emulate or whether that be something you made up for yourself, some standard you set for yourself. Forget about all that. Don't have any goals or expectations in meditation and just be content with however the meditation develops, however it happens. And you might say, well, if I'm contented with whatever happens in my mind, then I'm not going to ever get anywhere. Because sometimes it feels like if I'm just content with being restless and angry, am I not just going to keep restless and angry? And it's like this psychological weird thing that we sometimes have. We think if we just accept things, it doesn't, nothing will change. Which is logical, of course, to think that way. But it's exactly, in my experience, that accepting things and contentment, that is actually what removes the restlessness and the ill will and the desires. And you can see why that is so from a logical perspective, hopefully also from your experience as well. Because if we accept things the way they are, then we're no longer fighting with the way things are. We're no longer fighting with our minds, with our bodies, and we can be at peace. And by just being content, by being content with being restless, for example, we automatically become less restless because we're happy. Happy just to be there. Happy to be with the way our minds is, or the way our minds are today. And with ill will, it's the same. Ill will is always, we want something to be different from the way it is. And like, so, ah, that, my mind shouldn't be like that. My body should not be like this. Yeah, but by just being content, actually, you can drop that ill will. I once met a monk in England, and he taught me one of the best things about dealing with anger. He says, Sometimes when I'm angry, I don't practice metta, I'm just going to be really angry. <laughs> because that teaches you to just accept some the, sometimes the fact that you're angry. Sometimes we get angry with the fact that we're angry. You know, the Buddha taught, don't be angry. So then we get angry and we're like, oh, I'm a bad Buddhist. I messed up, I shouldn't be angry. And then we get angry with that. And so it just compounds the problem. So what that monk taught me, Ajamonindo was his name, is to sometimes just accept the fact that you're angry first and to just become contented with it. Don't be demanding of yourself that you should be the always bright and kind, spiritual genius or something. No, sometimes you just accept that you're angry and just that very acceptance itself already reduces the ill will. It reduces the anger. Because you're already moving closer to the way things are. And this is the same with st setting standards for our meditation or setting expectations. When we are 
demanding in nature, as the Metta Sutta says. If instead we just happy to be where we are and be at peace with the way things are, then we can actually meditate much more happily. You'll find that you, if you set some standard like, oh, last week I had a really peaceful meditation, I'm gonna do the exact same today. If you think like that, most of you will know from experience, then that meditation session is not gonna go very well. <laughs> it's just gonna be one of those restless meditations. Instead, remember how, how did you get the peace the other time? Don't remember what you got and try to get back to what you got, but try to get back to how you got there. And you'll find that always the way you find peace is by not being demanding in nature, by being happy to be with the way things are. And as I said before, sometimes people might not be uh, demanding in that way, but they might be comparing themselves to others. They might know some person who they, for some reason or other, think has many peaceful meditations, and then they think, oh, I should be like that as well. I have been a monk for nearly a decade. Why is my mind still so restless? Some people might think like that, or you think, oh, I've been meditating since I was 30 years ago, and still I'm here being restless and not enlightened. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but sometimes, some of you might recognize, sometimes you think like that. You think you should be better, somehow a more skillful meditator than you are. Sometimes deep down inside we have that feeling of not being good enough. But I say, forget about that. You're all good enough. And just accept the way our practice unfolds. Accept the way our meditation is. Some people's meditation is just much more uh, smooth than others, and that's just the way it is. It's like um, I live at the other side of the monastery, and sometimes we, it, because it's quite far and it's been like 40 degrees days, sometimes we monks, we uh, get driven with the car from over there. It's like 20 minutes walking or something. It's a bit much in 40 degrees up the hill. So sometimes we go by car and what, then we go by car. We have to go on the dirt roads with a lot of bumps and a lot of holes. So you have to drive carefully and slowly. Uh, whereas if you leave from the monastery, you're straight away on the asphalt. Now I make this simile to compare the road to our spiritual practice. There might be some geniuses who sit down and their, their road of meditation is all the most smoothly paved asphalt and they go from A to B very quickly. But for most of us, we live in the outback as it were and our road of meditation is more bumpy 
there is more dust on the road, there's holes and there's pits that we have to drive around. But are we going to complain about that and say, ah, my road should be paved, it shouldn't be bumpy. Well, if we do that, we never get anywhere. Instead, we just get in the car and we drive. And this is a simile for meditation. Instead of complaining, oh, my mind has so many defilements, why? Why me? And those other people, they have it easy. I have it so hard. No, instead of complaining like that, we just sit down and we just meditate. We go for it. As we drive the car, we just accept whatever the meditation is for us. Either in general or in that specific session, we're just happy to be with whatever is. Because it doesn't matter whether the road is smooth or bumpy. What matters is that we move along. And we just can't move along if we don't do any, don't meditate. So we just experience the meditation as it is. I hope that makes some sense to you. And there's another an analogy that uh, I just quickly thought of the, before I came here, which is that uh, sometimes it feels like if we are just content to be and let the mind do whatever it needs to do, sometimes it feels like um, we should have more control is sometimes what we feel like. Because by being content with whatever happens, the scary thing is you have to let go of the future. And therefore you also have to let go of some control. And just be happy if the mind is restless, let it be happy. Let, oh sorry, let it be restless. Just let it be. That is the way the Buddha said to get into deep meditation is by letting be. Letting go. Not through willful force, he said. But by letting go. And a, a simile I made up for that is, imagine you're walking in the park with a dog. It's your nice little dog and you want them to stay close to you. Walk right next to you. So you hold them on the leash, but the, the dog is pulling on the leash. And every time you pull back, stay here, stay close to me, dog, don't run away. Yeah. And the, but the dog keeps running away and you keep pulling and pulling and you keep fighting and fighting. And both you and the dog just get very tired and upset with one another. The dog is an analogy for the mind, of course. What you do instead, instead of pulling the leash all the time, you say, okay, dog, you go run in the park run some circles around the trees, do whatever you need to do. And you'll find that your mind, your dog inside of you is actually very well trained. And it will run around for a little bit, but very soon come back to you. When it comes back to you, it just stays next to you and walks right beside you. And you don't need to keep pulling all the time. Your mind to the present moment. You just keep, first you let your mind just uh, wander a bit. Just let it be. 
but soon enough your mind gets bored of that and will come to you and it will come to the present moment. Now those are two instructions or two similes that I hope uh, might help you a little bit in your meditation. So I suggest we actually do some meditation now and uh, I will guide you through it and the, the topic will be letting go and being at peace with whatever is and whatever our minds present to us today. We will be at peace with all that. So please find a nice posture to sit in. We will meditate for about half an hour together, maybe slightly longer. So make sure you have you sit in such a way that you can sit comfortably for that amount of time. Just spend a minute or two arranging your body in whatever way you feel is right for today. Bring your attention to your body. Focus on all the feelings you feel there. See if you can relax them a little bit. And we, we relax the body not by being demanding of it, but by being kind to it and letting it relax by itself.
and we can tell ourselves whatever this meditation session will be I will be content with it might be a smooth road or a bumpy road but I will not demand anything just happy to be here today and have the opportunity to meditate what matters is not the result of the meditation but the input what matters is our attitude towards what we experience not the experience itself And when it comes to relaxing the body, some of you will have aches and pains in the body that won't relax, won't go away. But what do you do then? Don't be demanding in nature. See if you can find some peace, maybe even friendship with those feelings. You can focus on any ache or pain in the body and say to it, I allow you to be exactly as you are. Because this is nature. This is the way the body is. Some of you are getting old and old bodies have more pains and aches, but even young bodies. It's just the nature of the body to be uncomfortable.
And if we demand it to be otherwise, we're just creating problems and craving. You can tell yourself that whatever feelings might exist in the body, they're allowed to be there. I won't push them away and I won't fight with them. We allow the body to be as it wants to be. And you might find that with this attitude, problems disappear. First of all, your attitude towards the body is no longer a problem. But even the body itself, as a response, often relaxes because you let it. So even the physical problems often reduce through your attitude of kindness.
Now I invite you to apply the same attitude to the mind as well. Just tell yourself, mind, whatever you are like today, whatever you are like in general, whatever you are like in this meditation session, I accept you as you are. Don't need to be any different. I don't need to be any different. Don't keep your mind strict on a leash, like the dog. Especially in the beginning of the meditation, just give your mind some room to run around if it wants to. So just tell your mind, you can do whatever you want. It's okay if you start thinking about this or that. I accept it all. And with that attitude, more often than not, you will find the mind coming back to you, coming back to the present moment. Just because you are happy and content. The mind wants to be happy and content together with you. And with those reflections I will now let you meditate for another 20 minutes. Then I will ring the gong to signal the end.
<clears throat> Almost time to end the meditation. Please reflect on how you feel now. And whether you found any peace during this meditation. Whatever little bit. And if you did, then remind yourself of how you got there. And you'll find that peace comes from acceptance and contentment. Not from fighting with our minds. And also if during this meditation perhaps you didn't really find any peace and always end with a positive note and just be content and happy that you took the time to meditate. Thank yourself for that. Okay, dear friends, those were some instructions, hopefully useful, about how and why not to be demanding in nature, especially when it comes to meditation. Do not be expecting to do much from our body and mind. And instead, be happy with whatever is. Because as counterintuitive as it may seem, being happy and content with whatever is, that is actually the way to change. And that is the way to become more peaceful, more happy, more at ease, even more healthy and less painful in the body as well. So I hope those instructions were helpful to you and I hope they made sense. If not, then that's okay because I'm not demanding in nature of you <laughs> or of my own talks. 
If they are bad, that's just the way it is, and that's all good. Martin Chow once said, sometimes people ask me questions and I give bad answers, then it must just be their bad karma. <laughs> so that's how I reflect. If my talks are bad, it must be your bad karma, nothing to do with me. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But anyway, those were some reflections of you. Please remember the simile of the bumpy road and the smooth road. Sometimes in life, we have to travel the bumpy road, but we don't complain. We just get in the car and we drive. Instead of wishing that the council had paved this road for us. And also remember the simile of the dog. Instead of pulling the dog on the leash, pulling your mind to the present moment, just let it wander for a while and you'll find that the dog often comes back to you by itself. But I can expand on that simile a little bit. Sometimes you let the mind wander and it enjoys wandering so much that it never comes back to you. But what you do then is don't go running after the mind trying to grab the leash again, but just blow basically and say, come here mind and you'll find your mind has played around enough and it'll come to you and stay with you. However, if from right from the beginning of your meditation you are like, okay, stay with me, don't go anywhere, then you'll find your mind just gets more restless and it'll be like the dog pulling on the leash forever and never finding any peace. So I hope that helped. And if you have any questions, then I will attempt to give an answer. So if you'd like to put any questions you have in the chat or unmute yourself, you're very welcome to. Uh, Gloria has a question. I see your hand waving there, Gloria. Welcome in the signal. Yes, okay. Uh, thank you for your talk and the meditation. Um, I have a question, which is that I think um, accepting myself or like be happy and content sometimes feel easier said than done. I think it's because I have a very strong conditioning to be a perfectionist. And because my mom is that kind of like Asian parent, <laughs> like okay. if you, yes, if you came second place, she will ask you why, why, why didn't you like uh, achieve the first place? Oh like, yeah, okay. Like my parent is that kind of person, and also I was a like classical pianist for I think quite many years, and I think like the classical music music playing is that you have to like achieve for perfection and I think all kinds of like things combined I will have a very conditioning to like achieve perfection and sometimes I, I just don't know how to relax because it's very difficult for me and Yes, I think okay. it's like mostly a conditional thing. And I, I try to like recondition myself, but I sometimes just like to know how to do because I will have something like the Arjun Amaro say, 
uh, the I no good mantra. If I sit for meditation and I listen to myself, I can hear myself saying this like, I'm not doing good enough. Like oh. it will keep repeating. Like oh, okay. for, if I sit for half an hour, it will go on for I think half an hour. And then I think sometimes it's like kind of difficult for me. Do you have any advice for this? Thank you. Okay. So you realize you are conditioned to be a bit of a perfectionist, I understand. But what I hear from your question is, how do I get rid of that as quickly as possible? And that is demanding in nature. Instead, just be happy to be the perfectionist. There is many good things about being a perfectionist and you can laugh at yourself for being a perfectionist. The important thing, again, is not to the place we're going, but the attitude we have. And the important thing is also um, that we realize that we have potential to grow. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Instead of putting it like negatively, like I need to get rid of my perfectionism, you rephrase it. Oh, I have potential to grow in acceptance. Yeah? That already changes the whole ball game. And I relate, by the way, to being a perfectionist. I can tell you a little story of how in high school I always tried to get the best grades of the class. And I always was uh, not happy with any mistakes I made. One time we had a French test. Remember French? I was not always particularly good at, but I did my best. But this time the test had the bonus question. Yeah, sometimes the teacher give you a bonus question because they know uh, the students, their grades may not be so good. I give a bonus question for extra points so the students can get, lift their grades a bit. Now what happened during the test? I had a nine and a half score for the main test. And then I also had the whole bonus question correct. And the bonus question was worth one point. So the teacher told me, I've never done this before, Simon, which used to be my name. But since you had nine and a half and one point bonus question, I'm going to give you a ten and a half. Which normally the ten is the highest grade you can get, Gloria, in the Netherlands. So he said, I'm going to give you a ten and a half. And what was my initial reaction, you think? as a perfectionist. Was it, yay, a ten and a half, excellent. No, it was, what did I do wrong that I didn't get 11? <laughs> so I can very much relate to being a perfectionist. And uh, sometimes I still see it in my mind, but I just laugh at it. You know, it's just a part of who I am and it's all right, but I don't try to take it into my meditation. In some areas of life it helps being a little bit uh, finicky with the details. You know, it can be good if you do the French test and if you don't care about it then you get a bad grade. But if you try your best then you get high grades. But in meditation just take time off from all that. And you say, oh meditation is different. Now I'm going to just be happy with the way my mind is. And I'm also, this is the trick, 
gonna be happy if I am not happy. <laughs> I'm gonna be content with not being content. <laughs> because if you're a perfectionist, you're like, ah, oh, I should be more content than I am. I'm not content enough. <laughs> but then you tell yourself, ah, I recognize that attitude and I'm just gonna be content with that as well. I'm gonna be content with whatever it is like. Gonna be content being not 100% content. <laughs> you see, it sounds counter counter, uh, yeah, counterintuitive, but it actually helps. You just slowly build more contentment by just being content with however content you can be. And don't aim for perfectionism. Uh, if you think I'm gonna be 100%, no, not 100%, 110% content because that's what perfectionism often is like you're not aiming for 100% you're aiming for 110% if you aim like that your meditation will be struggle instead just aim oh, I'm gonna be 70% content and that's good enough <laughs> but if you have that attitude I'm just gonna be 70% content and it's good enough that is actually the way to being 100% content funnily enough if you have the attitude, I'm going to be 100% content, then funnily enough, you will only be like 50% content, maybe at most. <laughs> so just be happy with whatever happens. And also recognize, as I said before, that the road is not always paved. So sometimes if you are conditioned in a certain way, and it's not just you, everybody is conditioned of to be demanding of their minds, then just realize that that is the way it is and that is just something we have to learn from instead of getting rid of. Yeah. So I hope that helps a bit. And yeah, I can tell for myself, speaking for myself, that slowly over the years I've been much less demanding of myself much more uh, hopefully easygoing other people tell me as well so uh, seems to be uh, working just keep with it and uh, slowly but surely you'll uh, see that meditation becomes more easy can oh. i ask one more question uh did you fully accept your perfectionism I don't know, uh, it sort of just starts dis disappearing. Yeah, I don't, don't have it as much anymore as when I was a teenager. Basically from the time I started meditating, it started getting less and less. When I just accept myself the way I am and uh, yeah, I just accept it. Sometimes I know, sometimes I do work here in the office or something and I know I can be a bit more uh, about putting the right dots on the eye than some other monks and I know that of myself and I just make it laugh out of it and I tell them, yeah, I know I'm a bit finicky about the details, that's just the way I am and it's, oh, yeah, maybe I did accept it. But it's also became less so over the years as well for sure, yeah. Yeah, so but just be happy with uh, however you are like and don't try to be somebody else because why why would you as I said 
in the monastery, you sometimes get people say, oh, Ajahn Brahm is so peaceful and blah, blah. And I want to be like that as well. But then you just create uh, suffering because you're just trying to be something you're not and you're creating this uh, demand, basically, of how you want to be. But, but the strange thing about meditation and the development of the Buddha's path is that it all starts with accepting the way things are and then things actually do start to change. And I know it sounds a bit weird, but that is the way it is, in my experience anyway. Yeah. So thank you for that question. It was a perfect question. <laughs> Well, thank you for your answer, too. A perfect answer, by my way. Uh, <laughs> you. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, is there anybody else who'd like to unmute and uh, ask a question? And you're most welcome to, if you'd like to. Oh, well, yes, we've got one hand in the air here now. Let me see if I can find it. Is it on the screen? Who has that hand in the air? Oh, Rocky. Rocky, welcome. <laughs> Would you like to unmute and ask your question, please? Yes, uh, Venerable. Uh, recently, I I am getting a realization that in my meditation, that yeah, my mind is doing its own thing and my body is doing its own thing. But what am I here for? Like my my mind is thinking and grasping things, learning doing its job and at the, and in the night I'm I'm just recapping my day, thinking about past or wondering about the future. Or even sometimes it's just peaceful, doesn't think about things. And my body is just doing its own thing, breathing, my heart is beating and my lungs are just doing every organ is doing its work. I don't even have to do anything for my mind and even for my body. But what, what I realize is whenever I'm trying to do something, I'm just trying to, trying to just, I don't know, maybe disturb my body or maybe disturb the mind whenever I'm trying to do something. So my question is, my mind is doing its own thing. The body is doing its own thing. What am I here for? <laughs> what are you here for? Okay. Well, my first advice would be to not uh, try to overthink these kind of things. Because sometimes when we start thinking about uh, meditation and what am I and what is the mind and exactly how does it function, we can uh, go wrong and think about things in the wrong way. And sometimes it leads to even kind of like depressions or things like that. And meditation is not supposed to be an intellectual pursuit. It's supposed to be a journey of the emotions. And what you're here for is to try and find more happy and peaceful emotions inside of yourself. And also more, let's say, wholeness within yourself. Now a problem with meditation instructions is sometimes 
that we talk in terms of you and the mind and me and the body uh, but that creates a, a duality it's just the way we have to talk about meditation when I say oh, make your mind make your body peaceful and allow your mind to uh, be the way it is uh, but by talking in that way we create like this duality like there's you and the body and there's you and the mind but in reality this is all like uh, very looked at as all part of the same being the body and the mind and you um, are all one thing and if I say relax the mind then I also mean relax yourself so don't try to create this dual thing like you are always looking at your mind but incorporate yourself in the instructions as well incorporate yourself in the piece and if you incorporate yourself in the piece and not just trying to get something out there to be peaceful but be yourself peaceful as well then you'll find that these questions just uh, about what what is my purpose or whatever they disappear because you're just more peaceful to be there and of course you will know as Buddhists that the Buddha did address questions about the self and it's all that kind of thing but uh, don't try to answer them by thinking them true they will answer themselves when the meditation goes deeply enough and uh, it will always be in a way if the answers are true answers according to the Buddha's view it will always lead to more peace and more freedom and not towards more uh, worry and thinking about what is my purpose in life etc but I'm not going to address now all the deeper philosophical ideas because as I said before the way of meditation is not to think it through but feel it through and try to feel your way towards more peace as a whole um, the word samadhi you might know Ajahn Brahm translates as stillness but it literally means to become together to become one oneness of mind is one of the words the Buddha also used to, to uh, describe meditation and by oneness I mean you don't have this idea that there is the meditator and the object of meditation but it just becomes all one and then you'll find more and more peace that way I don't know if that makes any sense another way to look at it is that if you meditate with this idea that there is me and the mind that in itself is also a kind of restlessness because the thoughts of me and this, go, this goes actually very deep it's not just verbal thoughts but even just the, the feeling of me versus the mind out there that is also uh, a kind of uh, restlessness created by the mind so you can actually try to reduce that as well and uh, yeah I hope that makes some sense Yes, it does. Yeah, I'll try to contemplate it the next time. Thank you. Okay, but don't think about it too much. 
Yeah, just just feel your way. Feel your way in. That is uh, my general advice instead of thinking it through. Thank you. When we have a question in the chat, uh, should we expect anything when meditating? Sorry, can you repeat that, Chris? Should we expect anything when meditating? Uh, expect a sore bottom if your cushion isn't comfortable enough? I don't know. No! Don't create any expectations, because if you create expectations, then you are in the future. And if you're in the future, then it's very hard to find peace. Huh? Um, so no, don't create any expectations. But you can create uh, maybe, um, how should I phrase this, aspirations instead of expectations. You have the aspiration to be peaceful instead of the expectation to be peaceful. You aspire to be kind instead of expect to be kind. And in that way, you can have uh, a certain aim in a way because meditation also shouldn't be just whatever floats. Your boat do whatever. It has it, it is helpful to have a certain direction, but that direction should not be set by our desires or expectations, but it should be set by where we come from and what we aspire to be. It's a slight difference, it's just also just a way to think about it, but uh, I hope that makes some sense. It mainly comes down to if you create expectations and you feel those expectations create more problems in your meditation, then don't make those expectations, don't set those expectations. However, maybe you set certain expectations and you find them somehow helpful, I don't know, and you get peaceful because of it, then uh, I, I, I would say, yeah, go for it, you know, whatever helps uh, to get you more peaceful, then do that. Anyone else have a question they would like to unmute and ask, or I think you can? Uh, I have a question. Um, thank you, Venerable. Um, I was wondering when you you were telling us when the mind is uh, running and running and running and you think it's, it's running enough for a long time and you whistle to have it back and <laughs> yeah. you just think, come back, please come back my or anything special because I, I, I want to try that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just to repeat, in my experience, if you straight away from the beginning of your meditation demand your mind to be still and in the present moment, it almost never works because there is still this kind of energy in the mind that sort of needs to run off, basically. Sometimes I also compare it to like a, a train that needs to come to a stop. You don't expect the train to stop right away when you push the brake. It takes some time. It takes quite a while for a heavy train to stop. And the mind is often like that. 
it needs some time to settle because we've been running around, we've been doing stuff. So it needs some time to slow down. And one way to do that is to just allow the mind for a while to think and roam around if it wants to without demanding anything of it. So now you are asking if it walks around a bit too much, maybe, how do you get it back? And then I would say just suggest to your mind a meditation uh, object we sometimes call it. You can just suggest to your mind, ah, just come to the present moment. Just be here with what is now. The sound you hear, uh, the feelings in your body. Or you can even suggest to your mind, okay, just be still now. And, but I specifically phrase it as suggest to your mind and not as demand of your mind or force your mind. You just give this uh, idea to the mind. Ah, maybe it's nice to be quiet now instead of thinking all uh, about everything. And often your mind will actually think, ah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Let me just be peaceful now instead of just thinking about all this useless stuff that I've been thinking about. Uh, that is one way that I find very helpful. So that is like the whistle to the dog. You're like, come here dog. It's basically you say to your mind, ah, oh, just come here. Just stay with the present moment and uh, just see if your mind listens or not. Don't go running after the dog because you'll just get tired. You see if it comes or not. You just suggest to your mind come to the present moment and to come to uh, some stillness inside. Yeah. In my experience that is a very helpful way to do it. There's other ways to get the mind still as well but try that one first to see if it works. Thank you, I'll try that, thank you. Okay, thank you for your question Melanie. Anybody else would like to ask a question at all? All right. Um, yes, we did get a reply on your last answer, Venerable. Aspirations as opposed to expectations. Right. So, thank you for that. Uh, Venerable, would you like to leave us with a blessing this evening? Uh, is that an expectation or an aspiration? It's an aspiration. Okay, in that case... <laughs> well, even a Metta Sutta, you know, this is what should be done, you know, it's so demanding. No, it is, this is what I would like to be. But I will give you a blessing as an aspiration for your practice. Nati me saranang anyang buddho me saranang varang hete na sache vanjena so tu te ho tu sabada Nati me saranang anyang dhammo me saranang varang Hete na sacha vanjena, so tu te ho tu sabada, nati me saranang anyang, 
Sango me saranang varang Eitena satcha vanjena Sotuteho tu sabada <laughs> I saw one person, only the hands, like, but, but anyway. Well, we thank you for the present of your presence. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for meditating with me as well. And I'll see you when I see you. Can I ask one, one, one quick question that's following up the, like, the just, like, if your mind went there, does, does you mean that you just observe your thinking? If, like, if you keep thinking about something, like your mind wants to think about something, do you just observe your thoughts or you switch your attention to somewhere else? Oh, you can do, you can do both. Sometimes it is very helpful to just observe the thoughts from a distance and let them settle naturally. Like, uh, I don't have a cup of water here, but Ajahn Brahm often gives the simile of the cup of water. It's a cup of water and he says, how do I get the water still? Not by holding a cup still, because when you try that, it'll always keep moving a little bit, the water. Instead, you put the glass down and you just let the water settle naturally. You might know that simile. So that's one very helpful way to get the mind to settle by just distancing yourself from the thoughts. But sometimes it's also helpful to, uh, to suggest to your mind some stillness. Now, meditation is a very subtle endeavor and there is all sorts of little ways that you can find peace and find kindness and uh, don't think there is one fixed way to do it. You can use your own methods as well. As long as you remember the aim of meditation, which is to find more peace and more kindness, more contentment, then whatever brings you in that direction is, uh, is, is good. And uh, you can try all the different ways. You'll usually try ways that don't work. <laughs> And the way to progress very, the way to progress in meditation is not so much to realize what are the right methods, but to realize what are the wrong methods. Because usually we get stuck so much in our wrong routines, or wrong, in our fixed routines, and we keep trying the same thing over and over again, um, and we don't realize that it's actually not working. But once we do realize that something is not working, then the solution will often present itself automatically and you don't need to be told by somebody like me what the way to peace is. Instead you have, just have to realize what the way of non-peace is. <laughs> How do you keep disturbing yourself? How do you keep disturbing your mind? And you just stop doing that, that is the way to peace. I hope that makes a, a little bit of sense, but uh, yeah. It's in my experience. There's so many meditation instructions and they're all helpful at some stage or another, but they all come down to finding peace within. And if you just keep that global aim in mind, find peace, then all the methods that bring you towards that, they're all good. <laughs>